0: Back to first-time films, we're into the month of December, the Christmas season is upon us. But before we begin today, I need to come to, to Kwaku. Kwaku, as you know, Kwaku and I are, are both a member of a wrestling podcast as well, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And Kwaku, we had a, we had a wee karaoke night the other night. Uh, uh, no, 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 no,
1: no, it was it was a business meeting.
0: It was a business meeting, yet yeah, not much mm-hmm. business was had. Uh, but... Um, you you have a you have a good time with karaoke. What song did you kick off the night with? Do you remember?
1: Um, oh, it, it was a, it was a big one. It was uh, Rick Astley, "Never Gonna Give You Up," was one. Yes,
0: Kwaku tried to play "Never Give You Up" by Rick Astley, and instead of playing the right version, about five times, Kwaku put on a piano acoustic version. Of Rick Astley's never going <laughs> to give you up. <laughs> they did not have the same uh, party starting atmosphere that I'm sure he was going for, but you got it worked out. I, I did the I did a Shang Chi double. I did both um, Hotel California and I don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith. So I had, I had my MCU on, but I, I don't want anybody that lead here today because we are joined by two very special guests. For those who, who watch the FCL, this podcast is presented to you by the European Invasion because Kat and Sonny are both here with us today. Guys, how are you? We're good. We're good. Thank you so much for having us.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I'm buzzing to have you on here, guys, and I knew as soon as I was doing Harry Potter that I was like, I, 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 these guys, we ask questions about this movie to each other so often that I couldn't have, I couldn't have you guys on for this one. So we'll get right into it, 20 year anniversary this year of when this movie was released, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, uh, directed by Chris Columbus made for a budget of $125 million, and the box office return was just over a billion dollars, 1.012 billion. So, Kat, I'll come to you first. Do you remember the the first time you watched this movie? What is your Harry Potter fandom like? Just give us a bit of background uh, of your history of the series.
2: Well, my mom got this book. Um, We were uh, reading reading, um, Narnia by C.S. Lewis and I remember that she got this book about this boy with I don't know black hair and round glasses and a scar in his in his uh
3: on his forehead on his
2: forehead and I was just like what is this I don't want to read it because we were kind of like interrupting our uh Narnia session and then she started reading and I was just like oh this is gold how could I ever And I think we were some of the first people, because I remember that nobody in Denmark, like, nobody was talking about this. Uh, So I think we were some of the first people, maybe, that read it. Um, And then, of course, after we read it, we had to go and see the movie. And uh, I even remember, like, I I wrote in my, I had, like, a diary, and I was very bad at keeping up with my diary. I I wrote one uh, thing every, once, once every week, I think. And I remember I, I went uh, I went to see her partner. I was like, "This was really good." <laughs> and it was <laughs> so, so yeah. It was a uh, yeah. It's, it's always been there the the Harry Potter love. So yeah, that's my story mm-hmm. at least with with the first one.
0: Amazing. And before we go any further, what house are you, Kat?
2: Um, well, I want to be Gryffindor, but I am uh, like 112 percent Hufflepuff.
0: Nice. Oh, that's we, we we stand Hufflepuff house on this podcast. We we stand <laughs> Hufflepuffs over here. But Cedric Diggory, love. But Sonny, oh, I need yeah. to come to you. Were you the same as Cat? Did you discover the books before the film? Do you remember that far? Uh,
3: yeah, that, that's a good question because like right now, it's just the whole twenty years ago. Man, that makes me feel just a teeny tiny bit old. But even though I know not, um, but but yeah, it's like I've always been into fantasy, anything that has to do with magic as well. Like that's always interest interested me as a as a kid. And and I remember uh just hearing about Harry Potter at first and, and actually hearing about people reading the books at first and then around came the movies or the first movie and it was just around the same time as uh, Lord of the Rings came out you know so and there were still mm-hmm. the Star Wars prequels so it was a really good time to be a, a young kid and I was just the right age for that so I, I ate it all up and I, I loved it all pretty much equally and and I also gotta say with, with Harry Potter I as, as a young kid I looked kind of like Harry Potter I, nice. I also had glasses at that age and I, I was like a small brown-haired kid, and I was like that—that that could be me. Like I, I saw myself in Harry Potter a lot, um, s- same as I kind of did with Frodo in <laughs> in a lot of the Rings, I guess. Um, but, but you know, I just identified with those characters a lot, so I, I got sucked right into it, um, and I was very much into it, and and you know, dived into both the books and and the movies as well. I I don't think if I started, I don't know if I started reading the book myself or if that was same as cat with like one of my parents who started reading it for me but uh, but yeah i i got into it immediately as well
0: yeah and what house are you
3: it's an important question it, very very important um i seem to remember from, from from some of the like tests you know and just internet things <laughs> <Yeah. and> then, <laughs> um, <laughs> like quizzes and stuff that i always also end
0: up in hufflepuff Nice, nice. So, a pair of Hufflepuffs over on the panel. I, I do remember myself, I, I say this a lot in this podcast, but I think it's true for a lot of people discovering movies for the first time. I watched this in TV back in the day. Um, I remember it was ITV, it came on over here, and it would have been around about probably Christmas, like maybe 2002. I think it was like its debut in TV, and just snuggled up on the couch with my family, and I was terrified of this movie the first time i watched it i was so scared of voldemort it's beyond belief like i, I was and we'll get to this with the chamber of secrets show i went to see chamber of secrets in the cinema and i ran out like screaming like and never came back Like I, for my love of harry potter i was so scared of them uh and voldemort when i first watched them when i was wee and by the way i'm a slytherin like i am a i am a hundred percent a Slytherin. like potter morris told me i'm a Slytherin. <laughs> take take of it what you will i look i looked a bit like draco malfoy when i was younger had the halloween costume oh, i'm a slither and we just uh, need to accept it um but <laughs> quacku need to come to you because <laughs> do I've, you really want to I, well yeah no but <laughs> well anyway I, i've used you as the cheat code in this podcast many times first time films You've never seen a Harry Potter movie until visiting this you one. You should
1: just rename it Quacku Watches.
0: Yeah, Quacky Watches should be the name of the show because everyone else has usually seen the movies. But this was your first time watching Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And between you and me, we've had conversations where you were not looking forward to it. Did mm-hmm. it Was it slightly better than your expectations or was it pretty much what you thought it was going to be? About both about both i could come here and slaughter it uh,
1: if i wanted to but i um, wouldn't if i know what maybe i will no i won't <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was funny when cat was talking about i thought uh, uh they were going into a description of Smash Mouth all-star with the, the way it was like dark hair with a scar in the middle of the forehead i was like wait that wasn't a lyric <laughs> 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 I love it. I love uh, it. I was laughing. I was laughing at that, uh, especially because of our mm-hmm. business meeting we had on Friday. Yeah. So All Star yes. was playing there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that that was right before the cheese and wine came out. Anyway, so yeah, it's just cemented why I've held out watching Harry Potter because it's just not my cup of tea in fact a cup of tea is not even my cup of tea because i don't like tea so yeah <laughs> <It's> <laughs> just, just not for you <laughs> it's just not for me
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough well we need to need a balanced opinion on the show um mm-hmm. but o- obviously we we get into the main story and harry we find out what sort of happened to his parents later on but we start with the first appearances of dumbledore and McGonagall and hagrid and harry potter's left and he's. he's Aunt and Uncle's doorstep, who we later see are the Dursleys, Petunia and Vernon. And we, we first meet Harry Potter, the boy under the stairs, you know, everyone's picking on him, everyone's bullying him, and his his cousin Dudley is complaining about the presence. Like Kat, this is this is baseline Harry Potter. This is this is where he begins, the boy in the cupboard under the stairs, revisiting this, knowing everything we know. Is it kind of weird to go back to this point in his life considering like where he's gonna go from here in the next seven years?
2: Yeah, a little bit, but it's also I don't know, it's one of the most um clear images of in my head when I think about like Harry Potter and like uh reading through all the books as well. Like that was just that was his place, you know? Like the <laughs> tiny poor guy. Yeah, the <laughs> tiny room under the stairs, and it was just—I don't know—I think because I have spent so much time, like, men, like in my mind, I spent so much time with him there as his buddy. I think this just maybe that's why um, I just associate Harry Potter with that tiny room. So yeah,
0: nice, nice, and, and Sunny obviously. First introduction to the Dursleys here as well. They pop up later on throughout the series. We'll talk about them, but nothing beats their first appearance here. Like we got Petunia and Vernon just being the the pantomime villains we need them to be. <laughs> and, and nothing is better for me than when Vernon is almost having a, an aneurysm and a heart attack over the letters coming in uh, when he's trying to stop them. It's just they are gold in the roles they play here.
3: It's it's glorious when that happens and they, they set up those, like that family, they set it up so well, I think, and especially inside of the movie as well. Uh, the, the actors, they are acting the way that they should and, and being these horrible characters, like you're really, really buying it. And and it also, you know, when then later on, when, when the letters come in and, 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 and Vernon has an aneurysm and, <laughs> and all that happens, um, you get that reaction to it where... You are kind of happy that <laughs> something is, is is going wrong for these people because of the way that they've been treating Harry and how horrible they are. So so just because of them setting it up so well with how these characters are, like there, there's some, there's some great payoffs inside of that, um, and and then of course uh, Dudley as well. And like it, it's um, I, I have that very clear image, same, same as Kat, when I think about Harry Potter and always go back and. And and think about uh, his life, and it, it's something that they they mention often, both inside of the books and the movies, is how hard he, he's had it, and we know what happened to to his parents, um, him growing up there. So even though, I guess you could argue that later on a lot of stuff comes or easy to him, and he gets a lot of wins, but you're you you're not. At least I'm not mad about it because there's always that you know going back to what his life was up until the point where he joined Hogwarts and, and everything was or things were starting to go right for him. Um, so, so I'm just glad for that character, um, but, but it is such a big part of him as well. Um, his, his upbringing, I guess uh, you should say, and, and him living under the stairs. That, that's a, a clear image in my mind as well.
0: Yeah, no, 100 percent. And Kwaku, I know how, how into silliness you are. So even though uh, you're not a big fan of this movie overall, I imagine a high point for you would have been the Dursleys and everything that was going on uh, in this first part of it. Yeah,
1: I mean, the the letters was quite funny. (laughs) And the fact that uh, it was just like filling up the whole house and all the owls were just appearing out of nowhere. And it just got louder and louder and louder. And... Just about that came in, and they thought, "Okay, we'll retreat somewhere local." Like, just I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just fold uh, up Royal Mail and just say, "Look, your guys have been sending me so much stuff." And I also did find funny that the fact that they were like. Oh, uh, we won't get any mail on Sunday. Clearly they hadn't heard of Amazon Prime in that time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amazon still delivers on a Sunday, <laughs> Uncle Vernon. This is clearly set pre-2001. Um, but yeah, and I love how as well that line is so, because he's he's so delirious at that point. And he's like, right you are, Harry, now post on Sundays. <laughs> it's so great. Um, but obviously, Quacky, you've said they they do retreat, they go away, they think they're safe. And cat. we get we get the introduction here to, you've talked about the iconic imagery of the boy in the cupboard under the stairs. But then rubius Hagrid entering for the first time, this giant man who who gets the, the barrel of the gun and twists it. Like, it's so great seeing Hagrid in these first scenes. And to be honest, this movie is the most Robbie Coltrane gets to do probably in the entire series. So it's so, so great to see him in action here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think we got a little bit more of him in Prisoner of Azkaban. That's also a little bit uh, more of Hagrid's like, yeah, there, yeah, there's some parts with him there. But I just, if we talk about the casting, he's like the exact image of yeah, like, he's the spitting image from the books. Like he, he's so, so well casted and he's doing such a great job. And he's just like, it's exactly like it's described in the books. And I think it's like marvelous. Mm. how great that like that is and that entrance in general is just chef's kiss
0: yes it's It's such a great scene and and sunny hagrid and at this point he really is the turning point to the story you're a you're a massive star wars fan this is essentially hagrid is the obi-wan Kenobi uh, of this of this entire franchise coming in and being like harry Come with me, you know, wizard, son. Uh, the parallels here between Harry Potter and Star Wars really begin uh, with Hagrid coming into this hut.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. That's that. Uh, you you get the hero's journey uh, that that is there in in many of these fantasy stories, and um, yeah, with 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 a character like Harry Potter or Luke Skywalker, and yeah, also I guess yeah, as you're saying, we can compare Hagrid and and Obi Wan as the the, the wizard that kind of comes in there and sort of saves the day in in, in in Star Wars, scaring away the Tusken Raiders, and then here scaring away the Dursleys. Um, I don't know if we can do comparisons between Tusken Raiders and the Dursleys, other than they're both <laughs> kind of horrible, but still. Um, and, and him, you know, giving the cake and... Uh, Giving uh out a little pigtail there at the end as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it it's just um it's such a nice moment because of what I also said before with everything they've been building up with this family and how horrible they are. And like it it's another one of those, yeah, just yes. Uh I was just about to swear. I don't know if <laughs> you can swear, Sunny, okay. you can swear.
0: Oh, you fucking won. Fuck <laughs> yeah. that
3: that was my thought uh back then, and it was my thought when we watched it. Ah, uh, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. When we watched it yesterday as, as well, um, found myself like really like it put a smile on my face when we got to that scene and he knocked down the door. and i I, I don't know if I like had forgotten just how impactful that scene was or if it's just the uh, the nostalgia that was that was talking. Uh, but I just I got so happy when 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 that scene happened um and and the adventure like really began.
0: Yeah. And Kwaku, obviously, coming into this fresh, we then get all these iconic moments and we really get to see the wizarding world for the first time. We go to, to Diagon Alley and we get to see the Hogwarts mm-hmm. Express and he, he gets his wand and stuff like that. Now, I just wanted to how familiar were you with, with all of this stuff, having never seen it? Had it sort of permeated into your life like you were aware of it or was all of this stuff completely new to you for the first time?
1: I only knew of like the King's Cross platform nine and three quarters mm. because I've seen so many people with their Facebook profiles or whatever. They I'm like, what on earth are you with a airport trolley against a wall? Like, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I've got to explain to me what that is. I was like, oh, and then I obviously see them like running into a wall. And to get to this imaginary platform, I was like, "All oh, right, that explains that. So that was the only bit I got, I like kind of had some reference to before. And the wand and stuff like that. And I only kind of know the they have a wand because my, one of my nephews is big into Harry Potter. And nice. he, was collect- he was collecting sticks and saying there was a Harry Potter wand. I'm like, I'm like, it's a stick here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're, you're too cruel to that boy we should have had I him know, in the podcast instead of you that should have been my first goal
1: see see in my head I was, I was like it's a sticky prick
0: <laughs> <laughs> do not dare say that to that boy that young wizard is enjoying his life and having a good time how dare you quacker? Uh, don't but, ruin the immersion yeah don't ruin it if he picks up a <laughs> big stick and says it's a lightsaber next you, you smile and wave, Quacko. You smile and wave. He knows
1: it's not a daughter better than he needs to grow up.
0: No, never. <laughs> and don't tell him about Santa yet either. Uh, but Can oh, <laughs> come back to you? We get all these iconic moments, like I said, to Quacko, but we also get the introduction to the Weasley family as we enter our platform they even three quarters. As well, like we get this first scene in the train between Harry and Ron. It's it's Daniel Radcliffe and it's Rupert Grint for two young actors. They have like such unbelievable chemistry with each other from the off.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's why this works so well, right? Because mm-hmm. they have great chemistry, and I think uh, like they have the best like f- first-hand uh, now we're best buddies
3: kind of meeting, kind
2: of meeting, yeah. yeah. And and then we have Hermione. That's like she's joining like straight after and the well it's not really like it's, it's that awkward chemistry um that really works with because she is kind of weird and high <laughs> on her horse and, and mental <laughs> yeah as <laughs> <he said>. um, <laughs> but yeah it, i think that's it they're doing a very good job at like portraying this like best buddies uh meeting and then uh hermione coming in and they, she kind of has to grow on them in a way um, mm. A bit like a rash, maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh,
3: I, I I think like what you, what you're saying about like their um, chemistry being the thing that that sells it. I think you're very much right about that, and you can imagine that they probably spent a lot of time together before they started filming, and they really became friends, like all three of them, because because you you can feel that chemistry. Because they're not, you know, we are in the first movie. They are still pretty young uh, kids mm-hmm. and not necessarily the best actors at this point. So selling yeah. it through their chemistry instead of, necess- like, instead of maybe like being one hundred percent on point with the acting is that that's a good thing that they yeah went that way about it. Uh, not that they're like straight up bad actors. I've definitely seen kid actors <laughs> way worse. Um I'm not trying to be like mean against all kid actors, but but sometimes watching they're a little bit stiff. Watching kids act <laughs> can be uphill. Um, and and even when I was a kid myself, I didn't really necessarily enjoy watching movies about other kids. Mm. Um Harry Potter is probably the, the exception. Like, yeah. any, like I didn't like spy kids, for example, and especially if it was uh, in our own language in Danish. I, I just I could not get into it because it was so stiff. Um but but I didn't have that issue with Harry Potter. So so that's a, a testament to to how it was all put together back then as well.
0: Yeah, there were only a couple of because you're right, I think Daniel Rupert and Emma, all three of them, like had their parts nailed in essence from the beginning. There were a few moments of dodgy acting though, like I didn't realize this until watching it. They have a funny way of just announcing the word that very clearly. They're like, that's the reason we need to do this. That is the reason we need to do that. And they do it a good couple of times throughout the movie. And I caught up in it and I was like, Jesus, mm. why did that? <laughs> Might have been <laughs> like
3: an, an acting coach thing, something they learned or picked up on. And then they just really doubled down on it because, you know, yeah.
0: kids. Or it's like Chris Columbus, like, has just been like a yeah. big fan of that acting. He's like, oh, you need to make sure <laughs> I say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just do that, kids, and you'll be fine. You'll be all right. Um, And just a a couple, I always love Hermione's delivery of never better uh, at the end as well. Always gets me every time. Um, But at this point, I need to comment on the fact that that most people are like, oh, it's nice they bought all the sweets in the train. Selfish bastards is what I would call them, all right? No other child on that train got any sweets that day. And I I think it's unacceptable. Quack (laughs) you. Like, surely this is a a crime. Surely this shouldn't have been allowed.
1: Yes, absolutely, the slithering but I mean, I won't complete that. Um, uh, Definitely. And plus, look at the way Harry uh, just flexed with the uh, money he had and just like, I'll I'll take the whole train. What a dick. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I was like, how dare you? If I was on that train, I would be bursting into that cabin. I would be like, no, I'm not having any of this. Yeah. Privileged little prick. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Might be an orphan, but stop showing up all, all of that money. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this is it. As soon as he gets money, he's like, okay, okay. I've got the, the Gucci shoes on order. Yeah. Uh, kind of ahead for- already, Harry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First class robes to Hogwarts right now. Uh, it's <laughs> not okay. <laughs> but obviously this is it's, where...
1: It's, it's kind of like, like where you're walk in off the streets of Glasgow you end up at Glasgow Uni <laughs>
0: Don't, don't you, you sag the Glasgow Uni accent far too much and I don't even have one uh, <laughs> I had to get that in, I'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're a, you're a ridiculous Quacko. but anyway we continue with the story, we we get about the house system, uh, they're going to be sorted into their houses uh, and this is where we meet Draco Malfoy Cat, Draco Malfoy very divisive character among the harry potter fandom there are people who who rightfully hate him and then there's others who defend him what 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 are your thoughts on on malfoy
2: i well oh it's a tough one because i think he is a child of circumstances Hmm. so he's been raised by this very rich very noble family and he's raised in his parents beliefs and that's why he's kind of getting like he's he's becoming a bully. Um, yeah. but I also I must uh, I must really applaud uh, Tom Felton for doing such an amazing job because I think of all the child actors there, I think he was the one that did like the best job. And yeah. like I just think he's iconic. and, yeah, I did so he's the one person that you kind of love to hate. And yet you can still, like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm just saying that I understand where he comes from. And he's kind of co- complex in that regard, because, like, he's he's a child of circumstance, so he's mm. a, a child of his parents. He was also a, he didn't have any uh, siblings as well, so he was um, quite spoiled in that regard as well. And, and I think it really, I, I believe more in, like, how your uh life forms through siblings rather than like uh i don't know zodiac signs or whatever <laughs> uh so so i think not having that uh, uh kinship with with your siblings i think that also maybe all of this um all of this snobbishness it, it comes deep down from from a place of loneliness and insecurity and um maybe all of this ambition that he's building up all of this yeah, he's just like a class A bully, right? And and yeah. I can't help but feel bad about bullies, cause that that means that like, they're hurting somewhere. Yeah, and I think that that um, Draco was was definitely hurting somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We we see that in the future movies, and we'll revisit that. I'm sure uh, oh, Half Blood uh, down the line springs to mind. Um yeah. yeah. But Sunny, that for me, and it's weird how many parallels i was making to other movies and particularly star wars because we get into the flying scenes in this one right
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it reminded me kind of when i watched phantom menace for the first time and i saw mm-hmm. the pod racing sequence ah. the quidditch match in this movie is kind of this movie's pod racing sequence for me and that it's just like a brilliant getaway and for an introduction to a sport that is admittedly complex as quidditch they they do a great job to make it a spectacle here. I think they, they they really
3: do, and and they also do a good job of explaining it and showing it. And you're not re- you don't really get lost in it. I think at least, and it is also one of the sequences inside of the the first movie and and the first movies where uh, the, the CGI from back then it doesn't bother me as much at all. Um, everything is you know it fits more into a scene like that where everything is moving kind of fast. There's a lot of action and you're kind of, you know, just focused on trying to keep everything that, that's going on. Um, um, you just trying to keep up with it. And 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 yes, in, in that way, I would also very much say that, that you can compare it to the pot racing from uh, the Phantom Menace, although I, I would argue that the, the pot racing is like on the technical side better made, um, but mm-hmm. entertainment wise I would definitely put them uh neck and neck right there. Um, and I, I I remember when seeing uh Quidditch in Harry Potter for the first time as well that that was just exhilarating and I thought they did a a really good job of that and and creating some of like these uh mini, um events inside of it as well and uh showing off some characters that we hadn't even really met up until that point but we just knew from the way that they acted and looked and and everything that oh that's a bad guy or that's a that's a good guy and oh we, we got real sad when when something happened to one of the Gryffindor players and um yeah it was um I, I I'm still very fond of that scene
0: I will say I said this to my flatmate uh, when I've been watching the first couple of movies today Oliver Wood does not get the credit he deserves. That no. man, he he's he's tried so hard to to make that team a success. Yeah. Every single time something goes wrong for him, and poor I feel, guy. I feel so he's bad
3: for that. <laughs> knocked out and get knocked down again and again. And he's just such a good guy and such a good goalie as well. It's only because they're playing dirty.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the match is getting cancelled. Left friends, justice for Oliver Wood. Uh, is the campaign yes. I want to start here but Kwaku I did tell you there'd be a test uh, I did tell you there'd be reading at this point in the show Loft. I would like you to explain the rules of Quidditch uh, to the listeners at home if you could please What? Uh, That's
3: mean Sorry <laughs> uh, uh,
1: you, get, you get a mad broom and right. you've got to get uh, some sort of a a space ball for a, a hoop at the end and you get ten points. Okay. Doing well if so you, far.
0: If Doing you well score. so
1: far. Right. And and you can uh, you just keep going back and forth on the Mad Broom thing. And there's a small golden ball with wings that you can catch and you get a hundred and fifty points or it's a it's a, <laughs> a TKO if yeah. you catch it. Uh, but apparently, catching it with your mouth is even better. Because yeah. why not?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, applause for Kwaku in the in the studio audience. If you would please, that was that was that, that was fantastic. Well done.
1: I, 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 I've I've now handed in my retirement notice. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you so Beautifully placed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was listening, and I was just like, you know what? Fair play to you, Kwaku. Fair play. You may not have Thank liked you. the movie, but you you most definitely did watch it. Um, but, <laughs> but there are there are a few characters we haven't touched on here because the overarching story does surround the philosopher Stone. It's this mysterious object that we're trying to find out the true nature of. It's being guarded behind a free-headed dog named Fluffy. And Harry, Ron and Hermione... This cat.
1: is where I get confused the hell out of.
0: Right. What confuses you, Kwaku? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> right, Listen, listen closely right, to what's about to happen, because, Kat, Harry, Ron and Hermione are convinced that the person behind, the person who wants the Philosopher's Stone is none other than Severus Snape. And it, it's not hard to, to imagine why they think this, because Alan Rickman plays a very shifty character in this first movie.
2: Yeah, I w- I'm not blaming them at all because like also with quirrell he has like the perfect um, cover cover like he's st- st- literally stuttering and like yeah also with the yeah yeah covering up Voldemort. um but <laughs> but yeah it's uh I, d- I definitely get uh like the shiftiness of him also like the way that he's always like punishing them harder than anyone else uh we later know uh, learn why, why yeah. he's a little bit hard on on Harry. Harry. But like yeah, when that you, you don't know. He's just he just seems like a, a necessarily rude and and mean person that's just mm-hmm. out to get them. So why not why is he not like why wouldn't it be him that's trying to sabotage everything and like yeah?
3: Yeah, he's the perfect like cover for Quirrell and and, and Voldemort right there. And and I, I also gotta say like just from that first movie and of course from the first book and and on uh until like we really get the explanation at some point like what why he's really doing what he's doing and and why he's acting the way that he is uh towards harry i i kept on being suspicious of the guy just because of alan Rickman, you know acting um you know portraying the character as as it should be so well and the way that he's dressed, his mannerism, like it's its everything where like all the alarms are just going off um, with, with Snape. Um, so it it makes so much sense that Harry, Ron and Hermione, they're like only only focusing on Snape.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's weird to think, because I'm reading an article for NTV in 2007 and it's Tim Roth giving an interview and he was actually offered the part of Snape. Tim Roth? Um, Yeah, before Alan Rickman. Uh, He was going to do both Harry Potter and Planet of the Apes at the same time, uh, but they couldn't work out how to get the schedules to match, and that's the only reason it ended up being Alan Rickman in the end. Um, Oh. Yeah, so it's weird. Yeah, it's weird to think how that would have worked out. Um, I
3: I can see it, but... No, oh, he must be kicking himself for choosing Planet of the Apes
0: then, huh? <laughs> yeah, that movie was not good. Nope. Um, it's, it's really safe to say. But I, I can't imagine it being anyone other than Alan Rickman in that role because he is just so iconic with the voice and it's like turned to page three hundred and ninety four, as it says in a in a, mm-hmm. in a future installment. But he is he is very iconic in that part. But we be sort of as it's going through, um Kwaku, you said you were familiar with a lot of elements in the movie and uh, you made it clear you're not the biggest fan. However, the score by okay, John that Williams- <laughs> the score by John Williams here, the music, the Harry Potter music, is admittedly nothing it, surely this is nothing less than iconic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was that so nice. hard to say? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I'm, I'm paying homage to one of my favorite Formula One racing drivers, Nick Hakenin, when he was asked a very complex question. he would think about it and just reply, Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it it's no surprise that. John Williams came to do the score here because his frequent collaborator uh, Steven Spielberg was the original director attached to this movie are you are you happy in the end that it was Chris Columbus who took this first instalment or what do you think Steven Spielberg's Harry Potter would have looked like? Uh,
2: that's a good question um, I actually didn't know that that there oh, was, didn't? No I didn't know that oh. was, uh, Steven Spielberg was supposed to get, uh, get this one. Uh, I think um, we know that Steven Spielberg is very good with kids, right? Oh yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. So
2: he would definitely still nail this, like the very like um, kid-friendly atmosphere in a way. Mm. But maybe it would be even more fantastical, and even to a point where it might get a bit, like in, a bit too too much. I don't know. Um, um, it,
3: it might have. I, I don't. I don't know. Like the, Steven Spielberg. If he had directed the first Harry Potter, like same as he was supposed to direct Return of the Jedi, like that might have overshadowed the movie itself in a way like getting because it doesn't get bigger director wise than Steven Spielberg um, in our age, at least. Yeah. So, so that might have been like oh, that might have overshadowed the whole thing. But I'm sure, like, of course, he was still done a great job. And then, of course, just speaking on on, on John Williams, it doesn't get better than than John Williams either. Um, and there's another comparison to Star Wars, obviously. Um, yeah. it's like him and like when creating themes, that's just
0: what he does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because it it becomes synonymous with the work itself. You think Harry Potter. You think that music. You think Star yeah. Wars. You think that music. You think mm-hmm. Superman. Uh, like the list, the list goes on and on. Jaws. Yes, like, you, you hear it in your head immediately. Yeah, it's just it's it's phenomenal. Um, Spielberg ended up doing AI um, and produced the Band of Brothers series uh, in 2001 mm-hmm. instead of instead of doing Harry Potter. So it, I mean, Steven Spielberg isn't. i regretting anything. I'm sure um yeah. at, the, <laughs> at this point in his career um but basically the the plot of the movie is sort of resolved after the three have to get past all of the challenges put in place by the Hogwarts professors um, Kat what was your favorite of of the obstacles that the kids had to navigate in this final act?
2: oh that's a tough one um Oh yeah, that's a really tough one. Um, somehow I think I'm, it actually might be the chess one. Yeah,
3: mm, yeah. yeah. The intensity of that one is, um, yeah, It's something yeah.
2: else. and it's really like I I, I think it's quite cleverly, um, like, the author, who can't be named, uh, was I think that was very cleverly written the way that, uh, well, we use we use chess. And we use, like, Wizards Chess and, yeah, like, the, how that whole thing
3: that... It came back because yeah. they, they they were playing Wizards Chess earlier and you had that whole thing with, oh, that's barbaric. Um, and then we get to, like, they really have to play Wizards Chess and put their lives on the line. And, and you get a heroic moment from Ron there. So so we, I, I would definitely also say that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they all, they all get a sort of moment in that bit because it uses all their skills, like it's um, Hermione, who has to use her knowledge to get them through the Devil's Snare. And then yeah. it's Harry's flying skills, and then it's Ron's chess ability uh, that gets them mm-hmm. through a test. So everyone sort of gets a moment to shine. But, Quacky, we get to the room, and Voldemort's in the back of someone's head. And I'm sure you have things to say about this particular <laughs> reveal. Um
1: just a frail old man looked like a hologram I had no idea what was going on exactly how he was I I was just thinking if that's the dude that killed your parents and he's so frail like that just stick a nut in him make it done (laughs) end of of business wait
0: are you suggesting that Harry Potter should have headbutted Voldemort yeah right okay I just want to
1: check carry on Like why not? <laughs> At least,
0: or kicked them in the nuts. I don't know. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, you've you talked about the the sort of cleverness of the plot getting resolved here. Obviously, the matter of Ed said set up earlier in the movie wasn't clever enough to stick the nut in. <laughs> well, he didn't headbutt him. No, he didn't. Admittedly, but <laughs> the, the matter of Eddie said the set up earlier in the movie. how he's he seen his parents now. Is the resolution. Uh, It's the plot here. What did you make of the final confrontation between Harry and Professor Quirrell slash Lord Voldemort?
2: Oh, I make a lot, I guess. Mm. (laughs) Um, Well, it also comes back to the mirror, right? Like, so it it all ties together. Uh, We have uh, this kid that has been orphaned since he was a baby. And the only thing that he ever longed for was to feel a parent's love. And then he got to the mirror of Eraist and um I hope I pronounced that right. Uh but we, we get to the mirror and and that's also like his his deepest desires, most desperate desire. And and that's also how like we, we learn a lot about uh Harry right there. That he's just like his deepest and most desperate desire is to, you know, feel a parent's love. Because mm. he's never had that. But then it comes back uh with this whole battle with, with Quirrell and and the, the backhead, um, and yeah. where it's like the, the one thing that actually saves him in the end is this love that he thought he never felt um because like they were, weren't there but it has always been surrounding him it's always been shielding him from from bad things um and that's like the whole like the whole morale of it all i guess like it's that's yeah. the whole deal mm. with it like yeah. th- this love that he's been He's been longing so much for that. It's always been surrounding him, and he didn't notice before. Well, it saved his life.
0: Mm, and, yeah, yeah. And Sonny, that's such a good scene when that's explained to Harry by uh, Dumbledore, uh, yes. played in this movie by Richard Harris. And we haven't really spoke about Dumbledore so far. Richard Harris, mm. whatever. We we won't play what if because just you know, sort of life takes its course and all that it, jazz. Yeah. But He was really the perfect Dumbledore. For this yes. first installment, at least, because he was a—he's a gentler Dumbledore than we would get eventually in the series.
3: Yeah, he's. Um, we talked about, or a cat mentioned earlier, how Hagrid—you know—perfect casting right there, and 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 how Hagrid is is really prominent in the first movie. And same goes for Dumbledore, Richard Harris is like that's one of the reasons why I I still really love the first movies. I. I prefer the later movies uh, in in general but it, when when it comes to those characters and Dumbledore in particular um I, I I do prefer Richard Harris and his more gentle portrayal of um of of Dumbledore and also a bit more quirky in in, in a sense and I I I love that side of him as that's what I also love about you know Yoda that's what I also love about um Gandalf you know like these wizard type characters uh, old wizard type characters and he just portrayed that uh, beautifully and the way that he also explained the thing about love um yeah and how it's always been surrounding harry and there's that theme inside of the whole movie as well that you know he comes to that realization in the end that the people now uh, at Hawkwoods, um and his friends, like that—that's his new family. That's his new home. Um, but I also do want to go back to, like, real quick to to the the, the battle, quote unquote battle. Yeah. Um, as a kid, that was, uh, and I have to be honest here, that whole scene to me was, when I saw it the first time, I remember feeling let down a little uh-huh. bit because I I don't know why, like I felt it felt, it felt just it felt a little bit flat um Mm. just when as as conclusions goes and you know like the 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 final battle between our hero and the antagonists but we get that later on of course like like he's gonna go up against voldemort again and we're gonna get some 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 great um very dramatic scenes there and battles and and all that Um, but but that's when it comes to final confrontations in in the harry potter movies that's not one of my my favorites, and and also like he takes it really well, Harry. You
0: know, which is murdering someone. Yeah, <laughs> he straight up kills Professor Quirrell. Yeah, like, he, Professor Quirrell was dead. Like, hold like on. he's, like, he's gone. Just gone. turned him into dust. Yeah, and he's um, fine with it. I know he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't feel any guilt or remorse. And I do agree. I actually agree with you, Sonny, because it's like I think that's why. They had all of the trials sort of before it to get to that point, because he is still a boy. He doesn't know a lot of spells. The most he can do is float a feather, really, at this point. When Guardian Leviosa you know, and all that jazz. So there's not a lot you can do sort of for a final battle. But yeah, I I, I would probably I'd probably be inclined to agree with you about that. But Quacku, do you have any more to say about the final confrontation uh, between Quirrell and Harry?
1: Um, he may not have, he's still a boy, he may not know many spells, but he could catch a flying ball with his mouth and that gets you very far in life.
0: Fair enough, yes, yes, very very good, you' very good. Um, but I do have to get to, and I think we need to get serious here for a minute, because I outlined at the start of this programme how I was in Slytherin and to be perfectly fucking honest with you all, This is the biggest injustice done to Slytherin House in in its entire history. Dumbledore deciding to reverse the the decision of the House Cup, like just just out the blue, oh, Slytherin have won, but I'm sorry, I'm going to give 50 points to you, 50 points to you, 50 points to you. And Neville, I feel sorry for you, so you get 10 points as well. It's a joke. That's all I really have to say on that. But Sonny, you said that the final confrontation—you yeah. know—it wasn't what didn't live up. But were you happy with your little Gryffindor victory? You know, was this better for you? I bet it was. God damn it! Mm.
3: <laughs> I when, as a kid, definitely, definitely. But I had the same feeling watching the movie yesterday and being—that's that, what I—I I alluded to earlier. When things coming a bit too easy, or it comes easy, and there's a lot of wins for Harry. And um, you know his friends and Gryffindor in in general, and it's it feels like it's the same thing every year in, in, uh, in Hogwarts, um, where we can't let Slytherin win anything at all, and especially that that feels like such a cheat, uh, such a uh, with Dumbledore being like announcing at first, being like these are you know that's the, the score, how many points each house got and then getting to the end, slithering, the winners, and just, oh, what, wait, 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 wait. And it's, yeah, um, I, I do agree with you now on that. But I remember as a child, uh, I cheered, of
0: course. <laughs> Cat, now we're sort of at the end of Harry's journey in this first movie, he's going home. When the credits rolled on your rewatch of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, how did it leave you feeling? in comparison to the other Harry Potter movies that you've now watched do you think this still holds up 20 years later as among the best or do you think it has aged a bit
2: it has aged um if I'm if, if I'm brutally honest I think um like the the effects is not holding up like mm. insanely like super good uh, especially when you have uh a lot of the Rings uh, fellowship of the ring that's like that was released a couple of weeks later, I think. Both and around
3: uh, December, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and and I just remember that. Um, well, it's it like Fellowship of the Ring. It holds up mm. um, effects wise. And I rewatching it. I was just like, oh wait, uh, this was this was a nice time. But I'm looking forward more forward to seeing like. The later movies because mm. they just hold up a little bit better. Yeah,
3: some some things stick out, and like that you mentioned, *Lord of the Rings*. Like, there's a clear difference there between the cave troll in *Fellowship of the Ring* and then the mountain troll in uh, *Philosopher's Stone*. Mm. Is like it, I I said it to Kat while we were watching it. Like, it it also has a lot to do with the way that they did the lighting in inside of those two different scenes there, um, where it will just yeah, some of the stuff holds up better than, than other stuff, but but in general, um, just like, when you take into account all of it, and especially the story of it, um, the score and the feel, the vibes you get from the movie, I think that holds up Yeah, 100%. Uh, but yeah. on the technical
0: side, uh, I, I get, yeah, what Ked what is saying, yeah. I think, uh, I would agree, the effects work is uh, probably by far the most dated parts mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. of the movie, and we'll see, we'll see how that goes on because obviously this this movie franchise lasted uh, a good few years after this, yeah. you know, so it went through some changes and uh, we'll explore that obviously doing Chamber of Secrets next time. Um, yeah. I do think there is a stark improvement in the basilisk, say, in Chamber of Secrets uh, compared to the, the mountain troll um, in this movie. But I think that puts a, a capper on our discussion, a revisit of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So, Kwaku, this is obviously your final show before Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and I want to apologise for for forcing you to 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 break your Harry Potter virginity. Well, you you're not sorry. No you're, no. not sorry. no, you're no. not sorry.
1: No, you're not sorry. This was you, better than Rock of Ages. You've, admit you've, that. You've you put me through. That. You put me through Star Wars. You put me through Rock of Ages. The time I actually got a film that I really liked, you went and recorded to affect me for a while. So no.
0: I've accepted it and goodbye. Well, you, it's not my fault that you were late. Uh, it's just Cat <laughs> and Sonny. Thank you guys so much for for coming on here today. Where, tell everyone where they can where they can find you and all the all the socials and all that jazz.
3: Uh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, let's go with the the cat and sunny stuff first. Um you can definitely find us on, on YouTube where we do uh, a bunch of different reactions. Uh, we're doing Attack on Titan at the moment. Uh, just started the new season of The Expanse and The Witcher Season 2 starts soon as well. Then at the end of the year, we got The Book of Boba Fett. Looking so much forward to that. You can also wow. find us on, on Twitter and on Twitch, although we're not streaming uh, a lot at the moment, but we will be back at some point. And then, of course, also Facebook, Instagram. It's Kat and Sonny, CatSonny. All over the place um and then cat as well like you have a
2: yeah i have my own stuff like <laughs> i have my own twitter my own instagram everything it's not something i necessarily use a lot but it's um uh, it's either sweater fan or dat sweater fan
0: so... <laughs> go and check it out any fans of sweaters out there you go and you go and follow cat on on all the <laughs> socials we will be back next time uh, on first time films like i said we'll be looking uh, at harry potter and the Chamber of Secrets I'll be joined by the original First Time Films crew uh, Here, it's been a-, a while since the three of us have recorded but Jack and Nikki will be with me uh, next time but from myself on this episode it is goodbye and from my illustrious panel goodbye bye, bye. bye.